0: Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 30. Anyone out there struggle to remain calm when dealing with your teenager? It's certainly been something that I have struggled with in my parenting journey. So that's what I'm here to help you with this podcast will give you really practical advice and tips to remain calm when dealing with your teenager, because I truly believe if you can remain calm when doing this, you can remain calm in pretty much any situation. So listen in and enjoy. Welcome and happy new year. Today, as the day I'm recording this, it is January 1st, 2024. And I'm getting this episode out a little later than I had anticipated. Usually I send them, uh, set them up to be sent out Monday mornings at six o'clock, but just with the holidays, and also I've been a bit sick. I got COVID right after Christmas, and so things in my life have been a little bit delayed. But, anyways, here it is. I'm getting the episode out today, and it's actually kind of based on my experience as I've been sick with COVID, watching a lot of television and watching um, commercials a lot. And because I've been sort of going back and forth from Netflix shows to just regular TV based on how I'm feeling at the moment. But the idea for this episode came to me because I was watching a a series of commercials about kids help phone, which is something that's here in Canada. And there probably is something equivalent to that in the United States or whatever country you're listening to this in. But in Canada, we have a kids help phone that kids or teenagers, young people can call when they're struggling with any issues. So Mental health issues is basically what it is. And the premise of the commercial that I was watching was that when adults would ask teenagers, Are you okay? And the teenagers would just say, Would just keep saying, I'm fine. I'm fine all the time. And the thing behind it was you could see that they actually weren't okay, they were struggling with something going on in their lives. And they weren't telling the adults uh, about this and what was actually going on in their lives. They just kept saying, I'm fine. And so the first thing I want to say is that some kind of resource like the Kids Help Phone or um, for teenagers or, or children is amazing, I think, because sometimes our teenagers maybe can't share with us or they don't feel comfortable sharing with us or uh, the adults in their lives, like maybe there's a teenager out there struggling who doesn't have a trusted adult they can talk to. So these resources are available for kids and teenagers to be able to get some help and to find resources. So it is an amazing resource for this. So that's what I want to say first and foremost. But what this episode is about is not is not that. It's I started to think about why we don't tell people when we're struggling. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today, is that why we always say we're fine when we are not. And I'm going to cover why this makes sense that we do this, because I think it's important. And that's what I did is just sort of first of all, look at, well, why do I do this when it comes up in my life, if somebody asks me how I'm doing, and also why our teenagers do this? I'm going to give you some different questions to ask yourself and to see where it comes up for you. And I'm also going to give you some ideas to use to help maybe increase the connection with yourself and with your teenager when you are struggling and maybe some ideas to come up with to sort of engage more conversation with them instead of just, are you okay? And... I'm also going to cover why the kind of thing that we're given as parents—it's sort of our in in our job description—is that you know, we're supposed to make our just make just make our kids happy, and why this way of thinking about your parenting, and if this is what you use as your measure of success, or my kids happy? Then how that's working against you, and also working against them. So the first thing I'm going to look at is why do we say we are fine when we are not? And I think this is, in fact, I know this is because there is a tendency for us to need to fit in with people and to essentially be people pleasers In on some level. All of us have a, it, it's to varying degrees. So some of us are really big people pleasers. I would fall into that category. My husband, on the other hand, doesn't really care what people think of him. So it's there. there's different degrees of this, but I think we still fall in that category of wanting to go the easy route when people ask us how we're doing. So if you think about it for yourself, if somebody who you kind of casually know asks you, well, how are you doing? Then you might just say, Like I'm fine because you don't want to get into it. On some level, you know that if you are to share the most um, troubling things of your life or the, the things you're actually thinking in that moment, on some level, you know that that person, there is a good chance that they won't really want to hear it, especially if they're not somebody who's very close to you. And so we do tend to say this a lot just in passing. We just kind of get used to it. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Because that's the easy thing to say. So it makes sense, right? Like we're going to give the easier answer because we don't want to get into a big explanation and the messy details. And so also kids and teenagers learn this as well with us. Um, they They tend to see and we show them, other people show them that things are better for everybody else when you just show up in... Uh, happy in a happy frame of mind or if you're in a good mood like things just seem to go better and they also don't want to sometimes burden us with their issues especially if they've shared something with us before and we've kind of just short-circuited it back to well just get to a good mood right away because that's easier for us so I've done this with my own kids like they, they've showed up with me to me at certain times with different emotions or maybe particularly when they were younger and they were crying. I wanted to just not sit in that at all. Like We don't really, like humans don't want to be in that space because it can feel uncomfortable when our kids are crying, when they're not feeling good. We want to get them out of that as soon as possible and get them to feeling happy because we believe that happy is better. Good mood is better that's more positive. That means we're being a successful parent if everybody is happy. So just shedding some light on this, that this doesn't mean it's it's easy to do this work or look at it, but it makes sense that we often just say, oh, we're good. We're fine. Everything's good. Don't worry about anything. It's just kind of best to um, to just push this down. So the the thing that I was talking about too at the top of the episode is that we've been and this kind of is repeating itself, but we have been handed this line that our job is to keep our kids happy and healthy. And if we are not doing this, then somehow we are failing as parents. But if we just think about ourselves and how we feel on a day-to-day basis. Like if you just pause right now as you're listening to this or you can do it after and think about your day. And you could have a higher or lower set point of happiness. Like for myself, I don't wake up in a happy good mood each day. I kind of have to work at getting myself to a framework where I'm, I'm calm and I'm in a happier state of mind, but certainly I cycle in and out of all different feelings and emotions. And what came to my mind as sort of a visual representation of this is like, think of it as if you live maybe in a four season area of the world, okay? So where you experience spring, summer, fall, and winter, and then winter comes and then we just automatically say, well, this, this isn't right. This shouldn't happen. This, there shouldn't be winter here, but you live in a place where there's four seasons and it's the same with our emotions. There's much more than four emotions, but we have to understand that cycling in and out of the seasons and states, emotional states on a daily basis is a normal way of being. And we often treat it as if the the negative emotions come in or the so-called negative emotions, even though we can argue that they aren't necessarily negative emotions and all of the emotions are necessary. It's just part of the whole human experience. So that was something for me that was life-changing is when I stopped believing that when I experienced the, you know, the inevitable half of life that was, not happy not good not positive that something was wrong with me when i accepted that that was part of the whole human experience then life became a lot easier for me because i thought oh this is just part of this is just part of life and i'm not saying that there aren't states where that anxiety and everything overtakes you and you don't need help with this. Certainly there is a kind of balancing act with this and that when you are experiencing all of these things so much that they're affecting your life so much that you're not able to function, that can be something that you would need help with. But it is to say that it isn't something to be saying it's wrong or bad if you are cycling in and out of these various states, and we need to make sure that our children and our teenagers understand that them f- not feeling a certain way all the time doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them, and making space for that for them too. Okay. So the other thing is when we ask um, our our teenagers, sometimes when we come to them and ask them, "Are you okay?" We have to also check our energy level or how we're approaching that because I know that I've come to my teenagers before when I was particularly worried about them and asking them if they're okay, but with the underlying sort of energy of like, you better be okay because I can't possibly handle anything else other than that. So they can sense that, like they can sense your tension around them, like you've, you've got to be okay. Okay. And so I realized I was doing this with my, with my son and, um, when he was struggling with something and I had a big kind of aha moment when I realized, oh, he is telling me he's okay because he doesn't think that I can handle anything else. And then I actually had to explain to him, look, it's. It's okay. I know we hear this a lot these days and it kind of becomes a repetitive thing like that it's okay to not be okay. But we have to find different ways to explain this to our teenagers and to show them as well that there are times that we are not okay and it's all right to manage that or deal with it in a certain way. So check your energy when you're asking, like, how are you doing? Make sure that they know or that the person you care about knows that you do really care about how they're doing and show them that you are able to uh, handle that and hold that even like not even fix it but just kind of hold it and be there and not you know take their not have to go in and kind of take their pain away from them but hold it with them together if that makes sense so we, we kind of teach our kids this from a very young age when we don't allow space for all of these emotions. So I can see in my life when I did it with my kids, I would expect them not to be upset about a situation that I found upsetting. Or I would want to get them to feeling happy so quickly because it was uncomfortable for me if they weren't happy. And sort of I wouldn't allow for them to feel those feelings through so a quick example of this is just a a time when we had a vacation planned and then there it was there was a possibility that it could be canceled due to weather and our I had a very strong reaction to that because when you look forward to something and then it gets canceled, you you couldn't have some feelings about that. You can be upset about that. That's normal. But when my kids started to have a big reaction about it, I immediately wanted to say, no, like, well, come on, don't be upset about this. It's and like make them feel better. And then I thought, OK, wait a minute. I am a little bit disappointed about this. And I would expect that they would be too. So just understanding that you can't expect more from your teenagers or your kids than you would expect from yourself. Okay. So what are the the things I've already given you some things to do about it, but I'm going to give you some concrete sort of takeaways or steps maybe to help with how do you handle this so we've looked at w- why it makes sense and where that comes from but the the a couple of things are you can share and name your own emotions with your children and teenagers so that they know that they are okay to be shared and so you could share with them some circumstances that you're dealing with it, and not make them responsible for figuring it out for you. Like not share it in a way like, "Oh, I'm dealing with this. Can you tell me what to do?" But you can share with them something that doesn't really have anything to do with them, like uh, a presentation at work, or um, like, and not and not in a way that if they share something, you immediately go to a story about yourself. But throughout your life, you don't have to hide the things that you're going through that you find difficult to deal with. So maybe there's the, I mean, even grief or something, if you've lost somebody in your life, I think that we um, often are taught to, oh, you have to be strong for everybody. So they don't see that you're sad because we don't want them to cry. But when you share that you're struggling with something like that, then they get permission from seeing you do that in a certain way and you're actually teaching them how to manage their own emotions and that they don't have to push them down. So anything that you're dealing with. So you could, if they ask you how you're feeling when you get home from work, like if they sense that something's wrong. I know that I have a very, um, my, my sons tend to be, tend to pick up on when something's wrong with me. So they just, um, they can tell what's going on. And so Throughout my life, because I am this way naturally, I tend to share my emotions with the people who are closest to me. Um, But I will tell them what's going on and how I'm struggling with it. And that I think has helped them to learn how to manage their emotions as well. So you have to be a bit vulnerable with your teenagers and kids. Like show them the whole humanity of your experience without making them responsible for it. Okay. And instead of asking, are you okay, which can sometimes just bring about just a yes or no response, you know, ask them how they are feeling about something specific or what their thoughts are about a certain thing. Like how are like, if you sense that they might be struggling with something, you can say, well, like what's coming up for you about this certain thing that's going on, or you go first. So like, if there's been a loss in the family for example or if something's happened that's affected your whole family you go first and name how you're feeling about it so you know, like you could say you know when this happened i felt really sad about this i'm just wondering how you're feeling about it i just want to get a sense of what's going on for you and it doesn't necessarily mean that when you ask this question they're just going to be an open book and share everything but leave some space For them to just answer without jumping in with um, what they should do about it or how they should think about it or what you think they should think or feel about it, they may have a very different perspective on what's happening, even than you do. And the other idea is to check your energy. So, this is when I talked about them sensing that you wouldn't be able to handle their negative emotions. So check your energy and what you are thinking and feeling when you ask about how they're doing. So do you really want to know? And can you handle it if they are not okay? And know that if they're not okay, that even though you're the parent, you won't necessarily have the answer about how to fix it. But also know that just being there and holding that emotion with them is enough. Like that's a big thing. And that is helpful just to have somebody sit with you and not try to make something better when you can't sometimes. There's things that you just can't make better, which is so painful to hear as parents because we just want to believe we can make everything better for our kids. But part of being a parent is just sitting, can be just sitting there with them and holding and feeling the emotion. So check your energy. And if they know and trust that you're going to be able to hold this emotion with them, they'll be more open to maybe sharing it with you. And even if they don't feel like talking, you can just say, look, I'm just going to I know you're struggling right now. I'm just going to sit here with you. You don't have to say anything. And if you want me to leave, tell me to leave. But I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for you. When you want to talk to me, I'm in the other room. So just kind of be open. And you're not going to force things out of them for sure. Now, another thing I will offer is let them know about talking to other people. And also offer to connect them with others. So this is something that I've done. Like I've... Um, there's, there's times when I don't know the right words to say or how to deal with a certain situation and I have reached out for help from other people and, um, other resources for, for myself as well as for my teenager to connect them to. So like I talked about at the top of the episode, something like a kid's help phone, something like a counselor, a coach, something like that, and encourage that and support it. Uh, we are... As parents think that we need to be the be-all, end-all, need to know how to fix everything, but we need help as well. And also the last thing I'm going to say is that um, what I want you to think about and maybe ways to improve in yourself as a, as a good listener or as somebody that people would open up to is think about the good listeners in your life or the people that you feel most comfortable opening up to and talking to and think about the qualities of that person. So really think about why are they somebody that you feel most comfortable talking to. And I'm going to guess just off the top of my head that some of the qualities are that they are people who are non-judgmental. They don't freak out when you say something. Um they also Don't immediately start talking about themselves when you share something with them like they don't go. Oh, that's nothing I I had this and I dealt with this and you just have to do this They don't they're not usually like advice givers who just start to say something Like I look at this for myself. I think about my mom And she's somebody that I really feel comfortable sharing anything with And she's not a huge advice giver. She doesn't always have the answer she, um, she's not judgmental. Like I'm really fortunate. I I know this. I'm so blessed. And, and, but you, there are people in your life, I promise if you think about them that are this way for you and they, they are calm and they don't have all the answers. So that's what I want you to think about. Cause we think that we need to have all the answers when really we can, we can sit hold an emotion and say, gee, I don't know. What do you think? How do you feel about this? Like they just maybe ask some questions and they just show that they're listening. You know, they're listening, you know, they're paying attention. They don't have their focus divided in some other direction. So, so, so pay attention to that. And that's how you can start to adopt some of those qualities for yourself. So these things won't change conversations overnight. Like if you have lost a bit of connection with your teenager, but consistent small efforts to build this connection and openness to emotions and to build these skills and qualities in yourself and build up this connection bank is really very helpful, okay? So I hope this was helpful for you. And I just want to remind you, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to share your emotions and feelings with people you trust. I'm sure you're not going to be sharing them to every single person who walks down the street and asks you how you're doing. We're still going to go, oh, I'm fine. I'm good to the select people who we know. But there, it, it does help to uh, share our feelings a bit and to be open and present and ready when others are sharing what's going on for them with us. So I wish you a very happy new year. And I will share my resolution with you. I don't really like making resolutions. But what I decided this morning when I woke up was that I really want to have the voice that is between my ears almost all the time, which is my own, be the kindest voice that I hear all the time. Because anything that I decide to do will sit on the Um, on the basis of that is how I talk to myself about what I want to do or what I want, uh, want to accomplish this year. So that's what I decided. I decided to make my resolution to have my voice, my own voice to myself, be the very kindest and most compassionate voice that I hear every day. So if you want to borrow that, go ahead. I encourage you. I would love to know that your voice to yourself is the most kindest and compassionate voice and one thing I will offer is that we think that com- accomplishing resolutions and goals happens with that negative voice or that pushy bossy voice but like I've tried that it doesn't it doesn't work it just makes me feel horrible and makes me feel like I'm not measuring up all the time so I've accomplished so many more things with the kind compassionate voice so Happy New Year, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you, and that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all. And I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says, grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.